Well, good morning. Um, I'm always excited to be at church. I don't know why, but I, I just, um, well, I do know why, but I, I look forward to being here all week, probably a little less when I have to um, share the message, but um, hopefully um, it's also a great um, thing to be able to study and um, dig into God's Word. So we're going to take a little bit of a different journey today. Um, we were looking at the Sermon on the Mount. We wrapped that up, which was um, a really exciting um, passage to work through. And I've been reading a book called, it's entitled An Overview of the New Testament. And it's been really good for me to kind of take a step back from the individual passages and look at kind of the big picture. And so that got me thinking about looking at um, the Old Testament that same way. And so today we're going to, on a very big picture basis, go through the New Test or the Old Testament, um, going through the first twelve chapters of the Old Testament, and we're going to do it kind of on a timeline so that we can see how things fall in place, and um, kind of hop through several stories briefly, and um, really trying to just see God's plan and that God is control in control, but also that mankind has a tendency or has made choices over time to turn away from God and that God continues to be faithful. So keep your eyes and ears open for this. Um, bear with me as we walk through, um, walk through this. So we're going to, I'm going to be hopping back and forth here on the board and we have a really simple timeline. Now, one disclaimer. For me, it's easier. To, I don't think backwards very well. So most timelines are going to be start at 4,000 and then work this way. So we are going to be talking today everything from as an age. So Adam starts at zero, and he goes this way. And so who, you know, how many years from creation or Adam's, um, Adam's creation are we? And I've been obviously thinking a lot about children, grandchildren recently. And so one of the things that I want to just, it's fun to think about, is how many of Adam's great-grandchildren lived during Adam's life. And it's really amazing. So when we come up to these different people, we're going to go through and walk through how many great-great-great-great-grandchildren they are from Adam, and also whether they were alive during Adam's life. I'm just going to point out one date right here just to give you some context. Adam died at 930 years old, and so everything that happens in probably the first three quarters of the sermon is going to happen in Adam's lifetime. And then almost everybody after that would have 
overlapped with people who had lived over Adam's lifetime. So it's kind of fun to think about it that way, but it's also a little hard to get our minds around. So with that context, um, we're going to start with in the beginning, which is always seems to be the place we need to start. And I'm just going to read some verses from Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time here, but just a reminder, God created everything. He created man, and you know we know the creation story. So that happened in the beginning or on day zero. And the last part, though, I want to point out on creation is verse one, verse or chapter one, verse thirty-one. And God saw everything He had made, and indeed it was very good. And I think it's just really important to remember that God created everything and it was good. And the word good in this context means perfect. He created a perfect creation. And then we're going to fast forward to the fall of man. And while we don't know exactly when that happened, what we do know is that it's sometime between zero and 130. How do we know this? Well, 130 was after Seth, or was when Seth was born. So we have this time in between there um, that you know this happened in. So if we read in Genesis 3, we're going to fast forward to Genesis 3, and we know this story well. I'm just going to read a couple verses. For God knows, and this is the serpent talking to the woman. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good for and evil. So when the woman saw the tree was good for food, it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took up its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband and ate. So I think the thing that struck me with these verses was for the first time we see, and the devil's kind of wordage here was, um, you can become like God. And this is going to be a theme that we see throughout Genesis of people trying to become like God, which is truly you know, it is the sin that the devil was kicked out of heaven for. So, um, and really is where everything kind of what becomes evil. So, you know, we have the, you know, the fall of man and, um, you know, that's happening right in that period of those first, you know, hundred couple years. And, then we move on to Cain and Abel. And 
So again, another familiar story. We have Cain um, going out and um, his sacrifice not being pleasing to um, God, God speaking out against it, and then Cain turning his anger toward his brother. And in Genesis 4, 5, so the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not well, sin lies at the door. And it is desire, and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Now Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass that they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? So I think the thing that just strikes me about this story is that it's about jealousy, but it's also about not being willing to submit and worship God. And so we continue to see this theme. So we are now, so just kind of keeping this, you know, timeline going. So sometime in this period, we have Cain and Abel happening. And then the thing that I was struck with with this story was Adam and Eve essentially lost their two sons. They, you know, Cain is you know, turned to wander across the world, and Abel has died. So the first murder, the first sin has already taken place, and God is faithful with a plan. And Seth is born. In Genesis 4.25, it tells us, And Adam knew his wife again, and she bore a son and named him Seth. For God has appointed another seed for me instead of Abel who Cain killed. And we see this recurring theme of man using his free choice to turn against God, and that God continues to hold man accountable for that choice, but also to have a plan of redemption and salvation and continues to provide for man. So, I think now we get into um, some interesting timeline um, stuff and history that I want to kind of just walk through. So if we, we have in this period right here, we have Enos, and then Canaan, and then Mahalalel, and then Jared. And so we now... And those are all people we don't really think a lot about. We don't really, you know, there's not a lot of, you know, about them. And, but then we get to Enoch. And just curious, what of the children can tell me, maybe I don't know if we'll get this answer, but what is special about Enoch? Nobody knows? Well, Enoch lived or was born around, I'm going to be bad at this, but 1622, 
to 622 years after Adam was created. And um, so what do we know about Enoch? Well, I if we read in Genesis 5.24, it says, I'll start at verse 21, Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. After he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years, and Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. And so Enoch was someone who followed God, and um, rather than him dying, God took him to be with him. And so one of the only accounts we have of that, um, well, there's one other, but, and I actually like the way that the, um, NIV says this, I think it's a little easier to understand. Enoch walked faithfully with God, then he was no more because God took him away. And we're also told in Hebrews 11, verse um, 5, that by faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was found because God had taken him away and was not found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken away, he had his testimony that he pleased God. And one of the things that I want to just point out here is the faithfulness of God, but also it's easy in these, this account to feel like man just sinned and sinned and sinned. And he did, and he walked, and mankind walked away from God. But there's also these wonderful examples of people who pleased God and walked with him. And I think it's just important to be reminded of that. So Enoch, we, I told you I was going to try to do this. Enoch was a great, 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 great grandson of Adam. So now we're moving to another interesting person who was born in... a little bit after. Um, he was born 687 years after Adam was created. Does anyone, children, want to guess who this guy was? Nobody? Well, this is a fun one. Everybody should know this. This was Methuselah. What was Methuselah famous for? Well, he was the oldest man that ever lived. So Methuselah lived 669 years. Or sorry, sorry, I'm dyslexic. I say these things. 969 years. And so if we start here, he's going to come all the way out to... 1,500, about right here, if I did the math right, 1,591 years. So, just a reminder here, he overlapped with Adam, 
right here. And then he lived another, I'm not going to embarrass myself with math, but he lived past Adam for many, many years, for hundreds of years. So it's just fascinating to see the time that he lived. And um, so, and we're just going to pause here and just talk about Adam. So Methuselah passed away, or not lived. And then we have. One other person I want to talk about, and that is Lameth. And what is important about Lameth? Well, Lameth lived somewhere in here, let's say. And Lameth was still alive when Adam was alive, which is just crazy to me to just imagine. And Lameth is Noah's father. And... I just thought that was interesting that Noah would have grown up, and if we just wrap our minds around this, Noah would have grown up with a father who potentially would have interacted with the first man, which I sometimes shake my head at the fact that, you know, I've gotten to meet people who lived through World War II. And you know those, and it just it always feels really amazing when you've gotten had those experiences and talked to those people, and just thinking about the fact that Noah's father would have interacted with Adam, and then um, you know all those years later. So as we keep rolling down or rolling up, I'm not sure which way we're going really. Um, We're, we move into um, Noah. And so I'm just having to make sure I get all these dates right. So 10, 000, or 1,056 years after Adam was created, we have Noah being born. And again, I want to spend a little bit of time just reviewing kind of some of the scripture around Noah. So in Genesis 6, 8, it says, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So again, we have a lot of wickedness happening, a lot of mankind not doing right in the eyes of the Lord. But we have a man who found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So I do want to read verses 11 through 14. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. So God looked upon the earth, and indeed it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on earth. And God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through, through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and outside with pitch. So we know the story, but, um, you know, 
Noah goes and um, is a godly man, finds grace in the eyes of the Lord, and, but the world around him is corrupt. And so through that, God continues his plan of salvation. He um, also continues his plan to, um, to have the, you know, all living creatures survive. And I was hoping today, I was trying to see if we could sing the song for the children, um, Noah Build an Archie Archie. I don't think we know that as a, um, I think it's more of a my generation thing than maybe some of the younger children, but we know the story that it's one of the most famous Bible stories. Um, Noah builds an ark, everyone is mocking him, and then God starts to send the animals, and they come two by two, and um, then it rains for 40 days and 40 nights, and... um, and then Noah continues to have faith. Eventually, the ark lands, and um, you know mankind is saved from total destruction. Um, and then there's a lot more to the story of Noah that we won't get into right now. But um, it's it's just an amazing story to think about God's faithfulness and also just where that fell in God's plan for the world. So God just, you know, God destroys all of the wickedness and then we know that um, the world becomes repopulated and we're moving on to another really famous Bible story and that is the Tower of Babel. And the Tower of Babel is kind of uh, an isolated story that is going to happen sometime in right in here. We're going to give it a really general idea of 1,750 years from creation of Adam. And... We're going to turn to Genesis 11 at this point. And again, just a story we all know, um, but I'm going to read a couple verses, then we'll do an overview of the story. And they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we scatter abroad over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men built. And the Lord said, Indeed, the people are one, and they have all one language, and this is what they begin to do. Now nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Come, let us go down and there and confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there and over the face of the earth, and they ceased building the city. Therefore, its name is called Babel, because the Lord confused the language of all the earth, and from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of the earth. So the story is that 
everybody spoke one language, and they all got together, and they have this phrase, let us make a name for ourselves. And if you dig into that phrase, it has this idea, and it's this recurring theme of mankind not acknowledging God as the creator, the person in control, but rather putting themselves in God's place and saying, we are like God. And again, just we continue to see this theme of people who worshiped God and honored him, and then this other side of people who don't worship God and sin. And it's just a sobering reality of that tendency. So, again, if we think about the timeline, we're still less than 900 years from Adam's life. And we've gone through all of this stuff. And, um, yeah, we're just, it's just kind of crazy we're that close to creation. So moving on to kind of the last story that we're going to tell today, and that is the story of Abraham. Abraham is born about 1948 years so somewhere in here, 1948 years after Adam was created. And we're going to turn to Genesis 12, 1 through 3. Now the Lord said to Abraham, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you and in all the families of the earth and in you all the families in the earth shall be blessed. And then we're skipping down to verse 7. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your descendants I will give you land. And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. So I'll also just point out that um, this covenant that God gave Abraham would have happened right about here. So... 2,025 years from Adam's creation. Um, and I think the thing that I want to just point out and draw us to is Abraham's response. Rather than trying to create something on his own, his response to God is he built an altar and he worshiped God. And we just continue to see that response of either doing something on our own to try to exalt ourselves, or we see people who followed God and worshiped God. 
In conclusion, my question is, why do we need to study this? Why do we need to understand this? And today my prayer is that we would be able to see the history of these stories um, in the beginning of Genesis, that through them we can gain a holistic vision of God's plan. We can understand where they fall so that you know, when we have discussions, um, we know they're not just isolated stories. And, oh, I'm going to actually back up and just, just kind of remind us that Job, the book of Job also falls right in this area as well. So that's just kind of an interesting thing to kind of place, you know, as you're looking through your Bible. Um, so, and so we gain this holistic view of. Genesis, and the Old Testament. But through that, we can see trends. We can see the reality and the plan that God had for the world. But we can also see how man has free will. And we have used that to either follow God or, all, or try to exalt ourselves, and which ultimately is sin. And that even despite of man having plans to thwart God, God continues to be in control, and he continues to provide a way and a salvation for mankind. And if we follow this all the way through, we know that it, it leads to Jesus Christ and this genealogy we could track all the way to Christ and our salvation today. But it's just an encouragement to me on knowing that God is in control, but I still have to make the choice to serve him and to worship him. So with these thoughts, um, I'll just turn the time back over to Dave.